Breakfast with Angie. Download the listener app and listen anytime. The Southwest's Triple M. Oh, here we go. Extra Angie for breakfast. <laughs> and uh, I was a little bit extra this week, so to speak, especially for my Friday show. I dropped the worst accidental sexual innuendo. Now, this is something that I need to tell you a little bit about myself. I know I do it all the time because I do it in my real life as well. My filthy workmates that work with me always pointed out, I promise you, I don't ever mean to do it. Uh, but I did one on Friday's show and it was an absolute cracker. I went flame red as soon as I realized what I'd said. And uh, I got a very poignant message from the fiance because he happened to be listening at that exact moment. I mean, how I got from talking about the Aurora Australianus to what I did. I just, I don't know how I did it, but it was really funny. And I thought that you would enjoy it at my expense. Also, I had a very saucy chat with Cliff Reeve on one of the evenings this week that I wanted to include in Extra Angie for Breakfast. I don't know if I can get this racy in breakfast, but uh, Cliff and I got away with it in the evening. But I also had a phone call uh, the next morning from somebody who heard the chat and said, how did you get away with that? And I'd actually asked a question. So I've got a follow-up answer for this. So I'm, I'm being very vague about it because I don't want to ruin it, but it is about uh, the Queensland Health Department's announcement that we should all be giving ourselves a helping hand. <laughs> Enjoy extra energy for breakfast. It's chock full of local goodness, the characters of the Southwest and your stories. It's Angie for breakfast, and I've been very excited to welcome back to the team a dear, dear friend from last year. I don't know if you remember, but I did introduce you to The Scoundrel. That is the name of my moustache that I wear for the entirety of November. Dare I say Movember. And I wear a fake moustache. Thank you to the legends at Toys R Us for providing such uh, intricate delicacies into the world. Um, the scoundrel is my choice of moustache because I can't grow one. But just because I can't actually grow a mo doesn't mean I can't help talk in this space. Men's health. What is it about our beautiful bloody blokes that struggle so hard to go to the doctor, struggle so hard to open up and just accept the fact that sometimes life is hard and you need to whinge about it to the appropriate people? Why is it so difficult? I only say it's difficult because of my own experiences with the uh, my own blokes in my life. So I'm not talking out of turn here. This is just my experience. Everyone's experience with this is different. But given that the blokes in my life won't hear me because <laughs> we're too close because we're family and that's how it works, I've got a microphone. I've got a platform. If I can wear a stupid moustache and have some great conversations with some excellent humans and make an idiot of myself to to prove that talking about mental health is the most human thing on the planet. Men are allowed to cry and the sooner we all face up to that, the easier it will be and we can move on and I can talk about other things in my show instead of mental health. How does that sound? So I have joined Movember. I have signed up. I encourage you, if you have a sensational mo, to sign up and talk about it. So if you've got a bit going on in your life right now and you're struggling and it's a stressful time of year, please just talk to someone about it. Go and book an appointment at the GP. Do a Google, see which GPs in your area are great with mental health. It doesn't have to be scary. 
We talk about it all the time. And that's why I'm going to wear a fake moustache for this entire month. So my promise to you is to wear it while I'm on air. And yes, it really tickles and it is quite annoying. So, you know, I'm suffering here in my my fake moustache. But to make sure that it's a public humiliation, I will also wear the scoundrel at any public events I'm invited to in the next month. So if you want me to rock up in a moustache, maybe a beautiful dress, (laughs) then uh, I'm awaiting your invitation. I will also remind everybody to look after themselves. So there you go. Our friend is back, the scoundrel. Angie for breakfast. It's Angie for breakfast, and I made a friend on Saturday night. (laughs) It was a bit inappropriate, but I would love to introduce you to my new friend. His name is Michael Daly. Give a big round of applause. Hello, Michael. G'day, mate. How are you going? Oh, we met at the... BSW Business Excellence Awards on Saturday night, and uh, you've never been to an event like that before. No, mate, that'd be the um, first one that I've ever seen. How did you find it? Oh, it was great. It's good to see that that sort of thing actually goes on around um, the Southwest. It's good to see, and all the businesses that were there that night. Awesome. Like, gives me a lot to look forward to in the future. Yeah, amazing. And who are you there representing? Um, just uh, Optus. Amazing. So big shout out for our local Southwest Optus crews. Um, The reason why I made friends with you, Michael, is because I saw you from across the room. You caught my eye, your face, and it had the biggest, most giant, amazing moustache on it, and I had to come (laughs) and introduce myself. (laughs) (laughs) Happens to the best of us. Um, it was so funny because the fiance was there with me and I was like, oh my God, look at that man's mustache. He, he <laughs> I wants, appreciate that. He wants to have a mustache. And I said, you can have a mustache if it looks like yours, Michael. So uh, <laughs> what's the Poor deal with, What's the bit deal between behind your facial hair? Because it's not everybody that has the kahunas to, to have a mustache quite like yours. Um, well, I always have thought in myself is very old fashioned. Um, my great-great-grandfather before me had a pretty Mobius moustache, and um, I sort of carry that tradition on, as not many traditions have been carried on in our family. Oh, well, I like it, because, yeah. um, you know, I'm I'm currently wearing a moustache. I got away with not having to wear <laughs> oh, it way. on Saturday night, but I, I call my moustache the scoundrel. Does yours have a name? Um, oh, I can't really say that I've gone to that length, but um, no, we just we always make fun of it. There's a movie... Um, a million ways to die in the West. Uh-huh. Um, there's a lot of moustaches on that, and there's um, the Mobius moustache is probably the one that stands out for them all. All right. All right. So we might have that as your new moustache name. But uh, I wear a fake moustache every single day in November that I'm on air and any public events I go to. So I can have conversations with people about men's mental health for November, which is... I've got to see that one time. <laughs> Well, actually, my moustache went a bit viral yesterday on Triple M Southwest on Insta. It got over 30,000 views, and I don't know why. So you can check it out there if you like. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah we'll do. <laughs> but um, the whole idea of this is about, you know, being able to start conversations that start from a silly place um, that have a real effect. And so we need a bit of uh, we need a bit of music to have this conversation with my new friend, Michael. <laughs> Did you know, Michael, that testicular cancer is the number one cancer among young guys? I have been made aware of that, yes. Yeah, 62% of those who are most at risk don't know how to check themselves out. 
<laughs> wow, it's something that we do every day, though. I'm sure of it. Is it? I don't. Yeah, I don't. Percent. I can put a fake moustache on, but I I can't say I've ever had a fake set of uh, <laughs> kahunas. Um, do Do you know how to check them for testicular cancer? I look. I'll be honest. I can't say I do know, but they're down there every day of our lives, and you know, without um, seeing me too forward here, I'm sure every bloke has got their hands down there, making sure that there's no sort of abnormalities in their, how would you say, bag. <laughs> so, ladies, ask your blokes, how's their pair hanging? Make sure they get their hands on it. Perhaps you need to get your hands on it and check it out and make sure that they're all in order because this is very pre- preventable, but yet 62% of our blokes don't know that they should be checking their regulars on the regular. (laughs) (laughs) So, Michael Daly, thank you for joining me this morning to have uh, a very strange conversation about... (laughs) (laughs) I hope you enjoy the rest rest of your day, mate. I will do. Appreciate it. Appreciate all the... um... All the help that you're putting out towards November this year too, Angie. It's great to see. If you could only see me, <laughs> just as well you can't today. It's Cliff on Triple M on the other side of the desk from the Brecky Show and my defender as well. Hello, Ange. <laughs> I don't know. You're the one wearing a West Australian Fire and Rescue cap today. Proudly. Yeah. Very much so. And the Springsteen shirt. I noticed it. Yeah, got that. Good. Yeah. But, uh, yes, I did uh, sort of rush to your defence on the internet yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Get it. I was at Malloy announced he was retiring and someone commented and said, I was hoping it was going to be Cliff. And I don't know what it was because normally I just ignore stuff on the internet. Mm. People can say whatever they want. But it just bothered me last (laughs) night. It just bothered me. So I asked them, would you say it to his face? And I asked, what would you teach kids? (laughs) And in fairness, the fella said that he would say it to your face, Cliff. So, you know what? Here's my number. (laughs) All right? One triple three five three. And and if you, you, look, not everybody loves you. And if you don't like the show, call me. I'll give you directions to download Spotify or the (laughs) listener app and you can go somewhere else. But thanks for riding in your your gallant, Steve. (laughs) <laughs> kind of funny. <laughs> Very funny, actually. Well, now, we... listen, uh, before we talk about something uh, this, yeah. I have to give a warning. If the kids are in the car or if you're of, uh, a week of disposition or whatever, we're going to talk about... The birds and the bees. That'll do. In a, in a moment. All right, you've been warned. What's on the Brecky Show tomorrow? Well, I'm going to catch up with one of the lads from Shelter Brewery because they're turning one on Saturday. Can you imagine? Time flies. I know. And what else would you do apart from a first birthday? Then get your best friends together, give away a whole bunch of new beers and have the Southern River Band and my favourite DJ in West Australia, Genga, playing. It's going to be a huge party. You're so. big on this, aren't you? I love it. Good for you. Yeah, I love it. It's I a great a spot, good Shelter. Like that. I do, and it's so nice that the weather might actually warm up because tomorrow I'm there for the official opening tomorrow morning and then I've got the uh, drive home from 4 o'clock at Origins Markets in yes. Busselton. Yes, Looking indeedy. forward to that. Mm. And I'm trying to work it out. I said to Mrs. last night, next year, Walls of Fame is going to have a 
thingy at Origins. Oh, cool. I just have to try and work out how to do that. Amazing. So that if you don't know, Walls of Fame is Cliff's side hustle. Um, he's a bit of a digital artiste and he does some really, really, really cool stuff. Oh, you're so too nice. You can check him out on his Instagram as long as you're not going to give him a hard time. <laughs> I will fight you. <laughs> <laughs> and some pieces, uh, some more pieces coming next week for Checkmate Gallery in Bunbury. Let's talk about wanking now. The um, <laughs> Queensland Health... <laughs> this is good. We can talk about it because the government has issued this yep. directive. Queensland Health has said, give yourself a hand. <laughs> and come on, we can all pull together on this one. <laughs> you should arm yourself with as much information as you can. No, they're saying it, it's it's time to um, get it's stuck time, into it. It's time to have a, a bit of release. Mm. So why have they said this? Why not? <laughs> no, like, is it like a, a mental health thing? Is it like I you think know, it might be. endorphins and everyone's been a bit miserable? So if you all have a bit of a solo fun time, mm. you might all be in a better mood for Christmas. You might not, you know, get so cross with your family over the Christmas period. Did you write the pamphlets or something? Oh, I don't know. I'm Didn't just you? assuming. Oh, but um, Cliff, I actually want to talk to you a little bit more seriously about this because <laughs> fat chance of that. <laughs> you, you've said <laughs> you've said wank, right? That's the you said it first. Yeah. Okay. So that's the that's the term that we're using for this uh, very natural, very human uh, uh, situation that mm. that men do. Mm. But what's the name of it for women? Don't know. Exactly. So I think we need to get a little bit creative here. What about um, someone has uh, suggested? What about to be... we move along? <laughs> well, we can. Go now go on then. What's your suggestion? A tickle. A tickle. See, what you can do with blokes is uh, just a little bit under the... It's just, <laughs> it's, no, no, no. It's just a test tickle. <laughs> so... You do that when you're checking for cancer. That's exactly yeah. right. No, yeah. but seriously. And, and if you ever get caught, that's what you say. Seriously, is there a word for it for women? I don't know. I hadn't thought of that. Because it's just as fair for blokes as it is for women. And yeah. if the if the government's directing it, maybe they need a, a word for it. I don't know. So there you I've go. I've got to tell you, when I was working in Queensland, I worked with some real tossers. <laughs> but that's, that's beside the point. Some nice people, but a couple. We better wrap this up. Yeah, we've come to a climax, I think, so we'd better go. And uh, I, um, I just uh, We did get a comment from the health minister, he went, ah, like that, and there wasn't any more. I've got to go, Cliff. I said, I've right. got things to do. <laughs> <laughs> I had another one, but it would get us into trouble. Leave me now. Angie for breakfast. All right, Holly, what have you got for me? Well, I was filleting some fish last night, and then on the radio come you and Cliff talking about something... I can't believe you guys can talk about that on the radio. Well, it was a directive from the Queensland government. Everybody needs to give themselves a helping hand. Yeah, that's crazy. For health so. benefits. Well, I just, because well, I've been single for a few years now, I just stroke it and thank it for the past now. So. <laughs> Holly! You can tell this is uh, the part of extra Angie for breakfast. Can't get away with that on the radio. All right, now you're asking what the woman thing was well, that we... Yeah, exactly. Like, so they call it a wank for blokes. Yep, yep. Um, but and what we... what do you call it for women? Cliff had never even considered this, and language <laughs> well, is important. So, what right. what have uh, you got for me? I think we called it a dither. A dither. <laughs> had a little dither. Had a little dither, you ladies. I don't. Sure. I don't mind that. Someone has suggested a tickle. <laughs> a tickle. Yeah. A tickle. Yeah. Um, similar some... to a dither, I think. Yeah. Very similar. Very similar <laughs> there. And uh, I've also had a suggestion: uh, flicking the bean. <laughs> 
Oh, let's go. So, I mean, there are so many great words for it for blokes. I really think um, the women of the world need to rise up and expand our vocabulary in this direction. That's (laughs) That's awesome. Oh, get out of here, Ollie. You crack me up. It's Angie for breakfast. And if you want it all, you want good views, good food, wholesome atmosphere, great beer, excellent music, then you want to get it all at Shelter Brewing on Saturday night for their first birthday. Happy birthday, Paul. Good morning. How are you, you, Angie? Thanks for having me on. You are more than welcome, my friend. Congratulations. Uh, You're the only peanut I've ever met that would dare to open a giant brewery in the middle of a pandemic uh, through (laughs) lockdowns and border closures and all the rest of it. But you're still standing, mate. Give us a, a look back yeah. at year one what a year what a year it was actually we opened a year ago yesterday so we're having a little uh, little two-day uh, celebration just afterwards on the saturday uh and it's been great we've had almost five hundred thousand people through the door uh which is just amazing and you know a fair chunk well all of those are west australians pretty much uh, and a fair chunk are from the southwest so we've been very lucky uh to um to have such such great customers and and uh, and backing up by by a great team here at Shelter. Now I do want to talk about your event tomorrow, but first no, things yes. first, we've got to tick today's events off uh, off the agenda. We've got the yeah. Origins Markets Grand Opening today, and you guys are going to be part of the markets. That's right. Yeah, we've got a stall down there. I mean, Origins Markets just amazing. Uh, for those I had a, had a sneak peek around with all the storeholders last night. Uh, and so it's all about Southwest produce. So from great wineries uh, like our good friends at Cordaro to uh, you know also great organic producers like Settlers Ridge to cheese makers to there's some great coffee there, some great ice cream, some great chocolate. Oh, Paul, I mean, stop it! it. <laughs> it's just amazing and great artwork as well. So you know uh, you go ahead down there. Obviously have a, have a taste of one of our beers as well, but. Just terrific to see such great produce, and particularly for some people that potentially you've never heard of, I've never discovered before. Uh, it's a real opportunity to see some, you know, some really, you know, great artisans. Uh, I do the same thing. Is it artesian? Is it artisan? <laughs> <laughs> Very early to say that word. <laughs> Just great, great producers of, of, you know, yummy, delicious um, things for you to eat and try and and uh, and, and enjoy. And, you know, there's live music on there as well tomorrow. So it's mm. just a just party and bustle then. <laughs> so Origins Markets is the best of WA under one roof. It's finally opening today. I think the official opening starts at nine. I'm going to get there as soon as I humanly can. Um, but then Cliff is going to be doing his show this afternoon from four o'clock. So if you can't actually get there, you can still hear and get the vibe of what it's all about. I cannot wait to see how the layout has come together. I yeah, saw it amazing. at the sod turning and I just, I can't even imagine from the <laughs> conceptual drawing what it's going to be. So I'm, yeah, very excited. Yeah, no, it's it's well worth a visit, and and every, I, I really encourage all locals to have, go down there and have a peek. Yeah. Now tomorrow, for you guys celebrating your first birthday, you've got a whole day full of lineup. So if you're family oriented, get there during the day because there's heaps of cool family stuff on. Yeah, we've got pony rides, free pony rides. So free gonna pony be, rides. Going to be pretty long. Uh, we've got a bouncy castle. We've got the great guys from NBA Sports doing some uh, some dodgeball uh, fun, some kicking games, and. We've got face painting. We've got Mermaid Nixie out the front as well. You can't have a party without a mermaid. Uh, so just all, all all kids will be in heaven and, and the parents can pop inside for a, for a delicious bite to eat and 
maybe a few beers as well. And then in the evening, oh, it's more fun for the adults. Yeah, <laughs> definitely book your babysitters. Get rid of the kids because not only do you have one of my favourite West Australian bands playing, the Southern River Band, but you've also got my favourite hands-down West Australian DJ, DJ Genga on the deck. Oh, no. <laughs> what a night. Yeah. You're in so much trouble with both of those acts. Well, they're great personalities and, uh, and, they, and they love to party. They love to have a... Love to celebrate, and so what better, what better, you know, two acts to come down. So Genga's playing early; he's playing from six. Southern River Band's coming on just after eight, and Genga's going to finish the party as well. So you get a bit of a bit of pre uh, preamble with Genga and some big hits from Southern River, and then uh, some party tunes to finish the night uh, down here on the foreshore. So just yeah, super excited. The day that the Southern River Band get a number one hit on the Aria charts, I will do a <laughs> naked bommy off the end of the Bustleton Jetty. I reckon Genga will join you too. (laughs) (laughs) And so will they. Thanks for the catch up, Paul. No worries. Angie for breakfast. I have a dream one day to see the Aurora Australis. And for some people, that dream came true yesterday. I didn't even hear about it yesterday, but apparently it was good conditions for the Aurora Australis to be viewed. Obviously, Tasmania is the bomber spot to get a glimpse of it. And I had no idea that um, it was possible to see it in the southwest. I really didn't know. So there has been some amazing photos captured at Lake Clifton, in Pemberton, in Margaret River. Oh, I'm so so uh, I'm joyous because I was having a lovely evening yesterday. The fiancé finally came home. I've barely seen him for a month, so we were enjoying each other's company. But um, joyous being the word in that I am envious without any of the uh, the negativity associated with it. Did you see it? One triple three five three. Did you get a picture of it? Please send it to me. Call me. Talk to me about your Southern Lights experience because I really think that's one of nature's most incredible miracles and why our lame human eyes struggle to see colours in the dark. If anyone was out there with a camera, you would have got it and I want to see it. In the studio with me is the Mayor of Bunbury, Mayor... Jason de San Miguel. I was like, do I go Jason or do I just say Mayor Miguel, Eminem? Jason. Jason's fine. Thank you, Angie. Uh, I've dropped most of the de San Miguel. I don't really use that too much. So Mayor Miguel, but Jason is very much fine for me. I'm, uh, I'm not overly formal in that essence. Mayor Jason. Uh, you were all doled up over the weekend with the Southwest Business Excellence Awards. Wasn't that fabulous? It was a great night. Um, yeah, unfortunately, as you know, I got there a little bit late, had a couple of other things on for the evening, but um, when we got there, it was fantastic to be there and see so many great businesses around the place. I really appreciate uh, the former mayor, Gary Brennan's uh, little dig at you in the opening speech. He said, uh, oh, yeah, uh, Jason will be getting here a bit later. He double booked himself tonight. He will learn. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll allow it with this one going. I'll probably ask him to do a couple more things along the way. But um, in the end, uh, this that uh, that uh, sponsorship came out of last year's budget anyway. So he was the one who approved it and put it through. So really, it's his event anyway, and I'll take it on next year. Well, look, it was a great night. And what I really loved about this year's Southwest Business Excellence Awards is, number one, it was like back on in all its grandeur after a difficult year last year. But to see so many businesses from right around the Southwest that were represented, because sometimes, let's be honest, it is a bit bumbery skewed. So congratulations to everybody who got an application in. I know they're pretty tedious and they're pretty full on, but 
you know, they always say that the joy in the applications isn't winning the award. It's actually doing it and learning about your business again. Yeah, that, and that was the feedback I was getting for those who, you know, talking to a couple of the businesses afterwards, they were sort of saying that, you know, over the last couple of years, they had improved their business so much just from that feedback from the judges about what do you look about doing this or delivering this. Um, so fantastic. And like you said, the range of businesses and, you know, the businesses you don't even potentially think about and how big they've grown and, and they're sort of, what they're doing around the place is incredible. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so thanks to everybody who got involved in that. And a big thanks to Robin and the crew at BSW Connect. So they're a not-for-profit that is there for business assistance and help. So um, let's not kid ourselves. It's really hard for business at the moment. You can't plan. You can't judge things. You don't know what's going on next week. Um, so to reach out to the professionals because they're, they're there to help you out. So. Yeah. And very quickly, I think that's Robin is now retired from that board too after a number of years on there. So uh, that was announced on, on, on the evening towards the end. So to Robin Morris, who's been running that event for a long time, uh, incredible job. And uh, obviously joining her uh, her partner now in, in retirement. Oh, they're going to be sitting there with a <laughs> grin on their face this morning, I think. Now, on to City of Bunbury stuff. I saw something this morning in today's edition of the Southwest Times. I've never heard of this guy. I don't know who he is, but I would like to give him a personal invitation uh, for an Angie-guided tour around... Bunbury. His name is the Crow, Billy Kerr. I don't know who he is, but he's in the Southwest Times and there's a um, a little bit of a commentary piece that is on the inside cover. Tough gig must be tackled, Mr. Mayor. Um, he's said and thrown to you he, that you've stepped into the role as the leader of a city desperate to throw off the shackles of just being a port city and place your drive past at a place you drive past on the way south. Yeah, um, interesting. We had heard those comments before, and I think uh, that dynamic is changing. And look, that's what we're here to, here to continue that changing. Where we are a, a city that's got many great aspects, and I think at the moment uh, there are a huge amount of things happening. We've got some some great development happening around the place, both state state government funding, some private funding. So, look, I, I, I accept the challenge, uh, Mr. Kerr, and uh, I look forward to it. And um, I, I re- recognise there will be some challenges, and it will be a tough gig, but uh, I'm very excited about what we can deliver and the positivity. For around the place. I'd like to meet you, Billy Kerr, the crow, because I have been here since March last year and I do not understand a lot of the comments in there, but I would like to understand them. So you've got to see all sides and all perspectives. So I extend an invitation. If you know the crow, uh, please let him know that I am hunting for him. Um, <laughs> on to some exciting stuff. Maiden Reserve is undergoing some upgrades. It is. It is. It's been going on for for a little while now. It's a $10.5 million commitment from the Gowan government uh, over four years. So they've been doing some work on the car parking down there. Uh, with the City of Bummer, there's been some work on the current playground down there. And now up for tender as of last week is for some uh, some boardwalk through the area. So I've seen the concept plans for that, and it's an all-accessible boardwalk up into the Chewitts uh, there, and it looks incredible. Uh, for those who recognise the place, a lot of dirt parks through there, a lot of BMX tracks and running tracks. So just to formalise a couple of places up to a proper formalised lookout as well, uh, really utilising probably an under-appreciated under, um, uh, part of our city. So if you haven't been to Maidens for a little while, check it out. There's a lot going on. And we need to congratulate the Deputy Mayor who was elected in council or voted on in council on Tuesday night. Yes, Councillor Treslin Smith, congratulations. Uh, there was uh, three nominations for that position and uh, that's a that's a councillor uh, voted role. And um, yeah, Treslin got the chocolates there and uh, very much looking forward to working with Treslin over the next couple of years. Yeah, fabulous. I think it's going to be a great team. And 
Also, um, I, I always ask before I have the representatives of your local government areas in if there's any questions. And I had a question that came in from Kate this morning. Why don't you make the bed? <laughs> yeah, always the tough, uh, tough hitting <laughs> questions out here, I guess. Um, it was yeah. lovely to meet your partner <laughs> on Saturday night. Yeah, she looked fantastic as well, which yeah. is uh, always good. Well, thank you for coming in. Thank you, Angie. Thank you very much for having me, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Angie for breakfast. Angie's a scrappy backpacker from way back, scrimping on the small stuff to save for the big adventures. Pablo, well, he's a tight ass, but who will be Triple M's biggest scab? So cheap. Pablo and Angie with you on your Friday to reveal WA's biggest scab. Each week we battle it out the north of the state versus the south with a different challenge. (laughs) And this week, Pablo... On Monday, I challenge you to find the most unique birth story. I just reckon, you know, hospitals are few and far between there in the Pilbara. And I've just figured this could be the start of some brilliant stories. How did you go? Well, let's find out how we went. This week on WA's Biggest Scab, we nearly had an announcement. When you started the show, Angie, leading us down the path of something monumentous. It's yep. a time of celebration. It's also springtime. You know, it's a, it's a time of uh, plentiful, of multiplication. You see all the baby animals around. So Are we... we ready for an announcement? <laughs> I just told you! It's cheese! Okay. <sighs> I want you to celebrate with spring the most unique place someone has ever given birth in the Pilbara. So it turned out the tummy of cheese is not host to a baby as well. And at the beginning of the week, I got flooded with stories, but you took issue with them. A birth at the Moth Wharf on the Burrup, and (laughs) they were then called Jetty. I've had the Hampton Harbour Yacht Club, (laughs) and I've had found in the roof of a school. Now, you may be thinking... No. All of those births sound a little bit strange. They actually all come from Sue from Safe in Karata, (laughs) who saves animals from euthanasia and rescues them. They're all cat stories, Angie. I just want to clarify something. Does this count or does it have to be a human? This is an absolute veto. I want human (laughs) stories. Okay, jokes aside, we heard from Joe, whose story involved a plane, a missing husband... And an emergency birth. They took me off to the airport and um, loaded me onto the RFTS plane. My husband uh, couldn't uh, join me. We hadn't had it. This was our first child. So they put him on the last Qantas flight for the day. Um, and as he was taxiing, literally taxiing toward Perth, the uh, RFDS doctor said that uh, I couldn't continue with my, my plans and that they needed to send me back to Nickel Bay oh. because, uh, yeah, I was too far gone. So... While my husband was flying to Perth, I was shuffled back, (laughs) shuffled back to Nickel Bay. He went and had a few beers with some friends while I gave birth alone (laughs) to our 32-week premature baby at Nickel Bay. Then we heard from Jacinta, who was not the one giving birth, but she was delivered 7,000 feet in the air on an RFDS 
plane. But did it have a knock-on effect to her growing up? Are you scared of flying or do you love flying? No, I love I love flying, but I used to get really, really sick. We would live in Kanara and I went to boarding school, so I was flying back and forth to mm. Perth quite a few times during the year. And I was always sick. I used to vomit, but I've grown out of that. And yeah, I love flying. Oh, but wow. you get a lot of nicknames, you know, you get airhead and all the rest of it. So. <laughs> airhead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but oh, it's a good story. Absolutely. And we're here to tell it, so we're lucky. And lastly, we touch base with Danielle, who delivered her baby girl in hospital while Cyclone Veronica was whirling around outside. And we had to ask, was she tempted? to call her baby daughter Veronica too. <laughs> no, no. I got asked so many times <laughs> if I was going to, if I should, like, why didn't I? But it just wasn't, yeah, that just wasn't really going to be the name for us. So what did, did you choose she, in the end? Uh, her name is Winter, actually. So, you know, still kind of weather related. But <laughs> yeah, um, that name was actually picked like a long time before she was born. So, so. Veronica was never on the list. No, 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 no. not for us, unfortunately. <laughs> and I think she's always going to be tied to that cyclone anyway. So... We didn't need to do that. (laughs) That's incredible, Pablo. My God, well played, sir. Now, I've just got to say a huge thank you to all the ladies that reached out in the Pilbara. Honestly, there were over 100 stories that came through this week. So many, and obviously I couldn't fit them all in, but I read every single one that got uh, inboxed to me and emailed to me and texted to me. Uh, There's been some incredible, incredible stories. And, uh, yeah, it is fascinating when you live in a remote area uh, what can happen. My uh, God. We heard not only from the mums, but also also from people being born in very strange places. Well, I would like to, on this note to do a massive shout out for the RFDS because absolutely, just about all of those stories involve yeah. the RFDS, and uh, Rachel West Australia just wouldn't be the same place as it is without those um, incredible human beings that are able to do miracles in the air daily. So wow, I'm blown away, Pablo. I off my hat to you this week, sir. You are Triple M's biggest scab. It's Angie for breakfast, and I mean, that sea thing, the old pandemic, literally has infiltrated every element of our lives, including our pets' lives. So Dr. Braden from the Bumber and Eaton Vet Clinic in to talk about pets and COVID. Yep. Um, I mean... COVID or coronaviruses, I mean, there's actually a lot of coronaviruses we already deal with in pets, um, and hence the theory that this has come from bats. But what I'm really looking to talk about, I guess, is eventually WA is going to reopen to the rest of the world. Who knows when that's going to be? Um, But once that happens, obviously, we're going to have coronavirus circulating within the community. So I just wanted to give a bit of an update on sort of the latest information, I guess, on how coronavirus interacts with our pets, because people get scared when they hear the word coronavirus and yeah, we hear see all these newspaper articles and headlines and saying, look, this cat or this gorilla or something got coronavirus. So I thought I'd just talk a little bit about what it means. So, I mean, it has been recorded in a quite a large variety of species, actually. Um, so kind of obviously there's bats, but there's mink, um, so quite a few exotic animals, but also cats, dogs and ferrets have all been recorded as picking up coronavirus infections. So it's there is kind of that that small risk to your pet, I guess. If you have coronavirus, there's a risk to your pet. Um, there's not really any evidence of people picking up coronavirus from their pets. So I would say, look, kind of 
don't worry about your pet getting coronavirus in terms of risk to other people. It seems to be just a one-way sort of transmission at this point where kind of particularly when there's close contact, kind of owners in particular are infected, we do have a risk of cats and dogs picking it up. And generally it's quite a vague illness in, in dogs and cats. So they just go a little bit off color for a few days. Um, it doesn't seem to be causing any sort of fatalities or serious problems. So not something to worry about, but obviously you just don't want your pet to be feeling too rough. So best ways to protect your pet. Um, the first and obvious one is to get yourself vaccinated. Now this is, it's, I know it's a dangerous topic to touch on, but, um, Although vaccination doesn't 100% protect against infection and it doesn't completely stop you from shedding, it does reduce your risk. And so that reduction in, in risk, that reduction in shedding is going to help protect your pet. So it's important. Um, if you do have COVID or you're, you're worried that you might have COVID, then basically physically separate yourself from your pet is quite an important thing to do. So get someone else to feed your pet, confine it to a different part of the house or outside and just really give that um, sort of protection. And... I know I shouldn't have to say this, but you never know what's happening out there. Don't put masks on your pet to protect them because if you put them... (laughs) (laughs) I'm just picturing that. (laughs) You can just imagine some budgie or a little pug kind of struggling around with a mask. So yeah, a a mask is obviously going to be a hazard to your pet. So please don't do that. I dare someone to try and put a mask on their pet. (laughs) And I give it 10 seconds for how long it would last. Yep. Yeah. Another thing to consider, of course, is kind of just as as an aside with masks and pets, just if you've got the elastic bands on your mask, cut them before you put them in the bin because they're a hazard to wildlife. So yeah, got to, yeah, but no masks and animals, please. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming in this morning. (laughs) Thank you for your time. Angie for breakfast. There's a big event happening at Bustleton Airport this Sunday, and I figured the only person that would be qualified enough to talk about this topic would be somebody who has hands-on experience. So here we are, RAF Squadron Leader Mark Levitt. Hello. Hello. How are you? Well, I'm very good. I would like to start with a joke. Right. How do you know there's a pilot in the room? Um, Oh, that one's easy. They'll tell you. (laughs) So my brother is also a pilot in the RAF, and I messaged him the other day when I knew I was going to be speaking to you to say, oh, give me the goss on squadron leader Mark Levitt, and uh, you're just the big boss at Pierce Air Base. So thanks uh, thanks for doing your thing here in WA and looking after us. No worries. I'm glad I can help. So... Now, on to the fun stuff. The Air Force is celebrating 100 years in Australia this year, and most of all the action usually takes place on the East Coast. So how did we manage to get this little bit of action? Well, look, uh, Air Force has got a... Air Force, and in particular, RAF Base Pierce, has got a great history with, uh, with uh, Bustleton, the people of Bustleton. And uh, we were invited by the city of Bustleton and the, and the Bustleton Motor River Airport to, uh, to be part of their airport open day, which is happening on this Sunday. And uh, we're very grateful to be able to be part of it. And we're bringing down some uh, aircraft and some bits of kit and information from RAF Pierce to be part of it for the day. Now, I do have a few, I like to call them aerosexuals in my life, um, people that just like love aircraft. So can you get into the specifics of what you're bringing down for the open day on Sunday? Yeah, no worries, Ange. Look, we're, we're bringing down uh, a PC-21, and that's the aircraft that's used by Number 2 Flying Training School up at RAF Pierce. So that's to train the advanced uh, pilots course for both uh, Navy and Air Force pilots. 
And we're also bringing down a, a Hawk 127 aircraft, which is the lead-in fighter training uh, aircraft uh, that's used uh, by 79 Squadron up at RAF Base Pierce. That's very, very cool. So when my brother went through all of his training, it was a PC-9. So this is obviously the upgrade. This is, this is the bigger and uh, faster version. How's that? How good. And we actually see them cruising up and down the coast quite a bit. And that's the, uh, the rookie pilots learning how to do their thing. Well, that's, yeah, probably not those guys. It's more the instructors doing their training and upgrades and those sort of things. But, yeah, we, uh, we do use that airspace off the, uh, off the coast of Bustleton there quite frequently. Amazing. There's also going to be helicopters and general aviation aircraft as well, as well as all the good kids' entertainment, bouncy castles and food vans and all the bits and pieces. But um, for yourself, I mean, why did you get into the Air Force? I, uh, I wanted to do something to uh, be part of a bigger organisation and something that uh, serves the people. And uh, I've had the fortune of uh, having a really great career, uh, both as a permanent Air Force officer and as a reservist. So, uh, yeah, I've been in... Uh, quite a long time now <laughs> and still enjoying it. Oh, well, that's fantastic. So if you want to go and see what it's all about, Bustleton Margaret River Airport, it's Sunday, it's free, it's for everyone. It kicks off at nine o'clock in the morning, goes till about four. And uh, thank you so much for, you know, for putting it on and, you know, bringing us all this entertainment in the Southwest. Oh, I know. We're very, very excited, Ange, and we're looking forward to being part of the airport open day on Sunday. I'm Stoked to have chairperson and coordinator of Blues at Bridgetown on the line with me this morning. Di, how's it going? We're as excited as you are. Oh, it's absolutely my God. fantastic. Thanks for letting me be online. Oh. And hi, everyone. Well, of and course. we hope that you're coming down to the Blues. That's yeah. it. It's time <laughs> to get your tickets. Do not let them run out. We saw what happened with Nanup uh, just this week. Absolutely sold out so fast. We so- do have some tickets still left. Um, we're not expecting to have a lot for sale actually on the day, mm-hmm. um, but we do have tickets still on the website at this stage. Well, I wouldn't but be waiting too long if I were you to get your tickets. be waiting. Yeah. No, 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 no. They're certainly selling really well. People need their tickets now. Yeah. yeah. But if they don't have a ticket, we've got lots of other good things happening down here. So they can still come down. They can still be part of it, but they can't hear these fantastic super superstars that we've got performing in our ticketed venues. Let's talk about um, the the format of Blues at Bridgetown because it's one of those brilliant, unique festivals where it's basically Bridgetown presents this festival and all the different venues around town offer something different. So how does it all work, Di? We're a community organisation. So we are community and that's the big big thing. Um, We're totally volunteer run. So all the all the stuff you see, you know, apart from production and stuff like that, where obviously we pay companies, but all the volunteers and all the office workers all volunteers. So what we do is to run it, we have ticketed venues. Um, this year we've got four ticketed venues. We've got Gigilup, which is our main venue, which will have people like um, Dave Hole, Vicky Thorne as Thornbirds, Donna Simpson um, with her new band, um, Videli, which we're really excited about on the big stage. So that's our big stage at Gijalup. We then have the Festival Club, which is our traditional stage, where we've got the amazing Matt Taylor doing his history of blues. And Emily Barker has got home from UK, so we've actually got Emily Barker in there as well. Then we've got what we're calling the House of Blues, which is our real 
Sydney Blues venue. So it's duos and solos, blues, and it's in the repertory theatre. So really comfy chairs, plush venue, bar, food, everything people want to go and sit for three days and listen to some fantastic blues. And then for people who like the pub vibe, we've got Scots come on board with us this year. So for Friday, Saturday, they can go and sit out in the fantastic beer garden at Scott's, listen to awesome blues music, all part of their ticket. And of course, if you got a weekend ticket, if you're lucky enough to have one of those, you even get to go to the wind down at um, Gigalop on Sunday night, which is Emily Barker. Of course, have to have Em, seeing as she's local. Um, the Karski Daily Band, Blue Shaddy, our all-time favourites, Blue Shaddy. And this year, the Steve Hensby Band, which is a nine-piece, oh, I think good. it is, band to finish off the night, which is just going to be fantastic. Like, it's world-class, and the fact it that is. it's here in our backyard is so exciting. Yeah. So. yeah. But if you don't have a ticket, then you get to come to our community hub where we've got local school children, plus the ones that are a little bit better. You know, we've got a couple of... Um, youth bands in town that have actually done recordings and stuff, so they're performing in our youth hub. Cool. And we've got, because it's community, we've got the blues clubs in there because we figure they really represent community. Food stalls, vendor stalls, activities. We've got a little activity tent, and we've actually got our official opening of the blues in there at 4 o'clock on Friday afternoon. So it's an unticketed area, um, all fenced, COVID-compliant, our street party basically has been picked up and put in there. <laughs> but we have our opening in there so that ticketed people and non-ticket buyers can all go into our opening. It's the whole <laughs> town. Don't miss out. Get your tickets immediately before they sell out. But even if they do, make sure you go and check out the beautiful blues at Bridgetown. How good to have it back. Roaring at full pace. Um, oh, well and truly. Congratulations to yep. all of the committee and the volunteers that got it together because it's really hard to put on events at the moment so i take my hat off to you all and now i just need everyone to be in the mindset that we're going to have great weather <laughs> we've got this far we want superb weather not too hot not too cold no rain superb weather blues at bridgetown november 12 to 14 tickets at blues at bridgetown.com.au <laughs> Ta-da! Thank you for stopping by Extra Angie for breakfast. We do this twice a week. Um, sometimes we do an in-depth chat. You might like to catch up on Wednesday's offering, which was an in-depth chat with Dave Hole, who's honestly one of Australia's most brilliant, not just Australia, the world's most brilliant electric blues guitarist. His slide guitar skills are incredible. Kirk Hammett from... Metallica calls Dave, our Dave Hole, one of the best guitarists on the planet. Like he is so well respected internationally, but he's just full of West Australian laid back goodness and he's going to be performing at Blues at Bridgetown. So I got to catch up with him and he's basically a megastar. So I tried to keep my cool, but it's a good uh, 15 minute chat if you want to check that one out. Otherwise, in the wise words of Bill and Ted, be excellent to each other. And from me, be excellent to each other and yourself. Breakfast with Angie. Download the listener app and listen anytime. The Southwest Triple M.